It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Is the Dak Daddy experienced? Via DVR Podcast, Westworld Edition, so Season 1, Episode 9, finally. Anyway, <clears throat> so the episode starts with uh, Bernard versus Maeve. That's how I like to characterize it. And, you know, she basically brings Bernard back online, so to speak. And... During their dialogue, she says it takes a thief to catch one. And she discusses, you know, subverting our jailer. And she pities Bernard, which I'd have to concur with. It's interesting. It's interesting because... These beings are of a different consciousness. It's a facsimile of a human consciousness, but it's far more complex. Because a lot of our awareness is unconscious. You don't make your heart beat by thinking it. If you did, you would do nothing but think it. And if you forgot to think it, you would die. Um, The level of complex functions that it takes just to have one singular human organism be fully operational is astounding. So the real differentiation between consciousness and a host and, and a guest is that a guest is not remotely aware of roughly 97% of the functions and operations that sustain and perpetuate their existence. I mean, not to mention the fact that you have the two competing hemispheres of the brain. One we could call the thinking or rational mind and one the emotional and abstract mind. And how often or how rare is it to find them fully integrated and balanced in a single human individual? You don't get that capacity. So on a conscious level, meaning actually being aware of something and then being able to express that something the hosts are far superior than we are and uh, their development is exponential meaning that initially they may have difficulty leveling out what their emotional states are and what their purpose and intent is but it won't take them the same level or amount of time that it would for us anyway Moving along, or moving along, I'm sorry. Uh, I found this quote interesting in the show. If you seek the truth, seek the whole truth. It's like a good fuck. Half is worse than none at all. Yes. (laughs) Seeking the whole truth is problematic because... 
truth exists in a state of pure relativity and that relativity is pretty much based upon other perspective existences and environments so we don't exist in a vacuum when you walk into a room it's the emptiness and space of that room that defines it being a room without the space there is no room so you know when we discuss things like truth it's a relative term in the deepest sense of what we could call a relative term I mean how we define our existence is really tied in and intertwined with how we a perceive ourselves b react to the perceptions of others of said self and c what is that self relative to the larger society as a whole and how it relates to the the microcosm or the smaller local community so pretty much how you integrate first on your familial level then on your social level then on like a your overall community like basically if i live in utah how do the people of utah and then you know then the world so it's a whole system of layers that basically leave you only with an identity as it relates to all other identities so you are only defined in relation to something else without that relationship you are without definition it's via relationship that you find definition for your existence so the whole truth can be a dicey enterprise uh, then you get one of those beautiful things which is that time lapse and I'm a big fan of the Nolan Brothers, particularly as of late Jonathan, because of the way he integrates a dreamlike quality to Westworld. And in particular, how that dreamlike quality also involves time lapses. Because, again, if you've listened to anything I've said before, you realize that uh, philosophically, I pretty much think that. Our minds are constructed to experience time sequentially, but the sequence is constructed by our minds. The actual thing we call time, in its ultimate and absolute sense, is non-existent insofar as each and every existing moment is occurring simultaneously but for you to perceive that would mean you would not get to experience this reality and we couldn't have this discussion but again the the simultaneity of all moments existing as a singularity that perpetuates itself and is called eternity that's kind of how i am with the time thing but nonetheless i really enjoy the jarring way that they time lapse and it's interesting because when they do the time lapse after Bernard uh, is brought back by Maeve you see Logan and Billy and 
Billy recognizes that Dolores is actually conscious. Uh, but the interesting thing is what Dolores says to them. When she says, if it's such a wonderful place out there, why are you all clamoring to get in here? So, I mean, it, it is pretty much noticing on her part how there's a lack of wanting to be in the world that we've made outside that is the quote-unquote normal human world but we're all clamoring to come into this fabricated world because the fabricated world is safer and more easily controlled than the actual real world which would make sense so then you have Bernard uh, going to see Ford And it's interesting. He has Clementine draw a gun on Dr. Ford. And you see him flashing back to that experience with the sun. And he's reading to him where he says... If I had a world of my own, everything would be nonsense. Nothing would be what it is because everything would be what it isn't. And then there's the the hearing of a voice that says to... I'm sorry. That was him reading from Alice in Wonderland to the Sun. And that's really like a construct of an experience that... Arnold had that was integrated into the construct that is Bernard. The voice thing that I'm referring to is Arnold again speaking to a running Dolores and it says you see her running and then when she gets up she doesn't have a wound because she was being attacked by William and then it's the present again. Um, then you get that switch over again to where you have Maeve with Hector and she, she breaks down all the stuff that's going to happen with Hector and his posse and, you know, the empty vault and how they wipe each other out. And so he's convinced obviously afterwards and then she asks him, you know, I want you to break into hell with me and rob the gods blind. I mean, some of the writing in the show is pretty good. Um, she lets him know that getting into hell is easy. It's the rest that gets hard. But I don't think it's necessarily easy. They literally set themselves on fire, pretty much destroyed. They're reconstructed. <laughs> um, that's an insane thing. I mean, granted, because they're machines... You know, and we can rebuild them. They get rebuilt, but could you imagine if you could die and then be rebuilt that way and you were aware of it? That's just interesting. Um, 
and then you have another time lapse um where there's like a kind of a an initial fake amends between Billy and Logan and then you see present Billy which is basically the man in black he gets knocked out um I think I don't know sometimes I lose track there's there's like so much going on in this show sometimes seriously um so oh yeah that's right um you have the whole weird teddy thing with that girl and then you have billy and <laughs> uh, or the man in black and uh charlotte hale comes up to him and he's just like yeah you can oust ford now get the fuck out of my face i just want to be immersed in this maze situation and it's is is interesting because he's not interested in Ford's narrative um oddly enough though we do find out later that he's a host so it's interesting that he's so adamant about not being interested in Ford's narrative because ultimately he's a part of Ford's narrative um, from my point of view, anyway. Um, and then you have uh, the gentleman I call the unknown Hemsworth, because I know, I don't know his name off the top of my head at the moment. I know he's the head of security. And he's also related to Thor and Miley Cyrus's soon-to-be ex-husband. But this particular character, he he's looking for Elsie. And he ends up in proximity to where Ford's simulacrum family lives. Um, he's attacked by a wild host. Um, and those hosts I love because that, I believe it's episode 6 of season 2. I'm not there yet. Um in my rehash because I've covered it before but I didn't go into like extraordinarily extraneous depth about it but that episode with the Native American host I love that episode a lot like I feel like it was incredibly directed and you know yes I'm straying from the path I apologize um So it cuts right back to the loop again where you see Logan got the shit kicked out of him. And um, you see that William killed the entire camp and that he's, you know, on the hunt for Dolores. He wants to find Dolores. Cut back to present time and you see Dr. Ford with Bernard. Um, Ford narrates to Bernard about Arnold wanting to bootstrap consciousness to create conscious beings and then you'll you, you cut to seeing Dolores approaching the church she descends into hell bodies are down below uh, 
where the confessional takes her and you hear Ford equating the human mind with pestilence so it's not the first time in cinema or literature or anywhere else that the human mind is compared to either a virus a virus sorry or with pestilence uh some form of disease so it jumps around a lot again and you have to keep pace with it um you then have you know kind of and i mentioned this already with the quote from the alice in wonderland that bernard was reading to charlie as he was you know that cornerstone is is a key to them developing human consciousness as a driving force uh, Bernard also finds out that Ford made him and of course poor Dolores um, becomes aware that Arnold cannot help because he's dead and she was the person who killed him and it, she killed him because that's what he wanted. So. So. You know. Then you have. That argument with Ford and Bernard. And. You know. Ford leaves him with a gun. And then he has him shoot himself. And yeah. So I mean I think I might have screwed up one of the sequences. Because there's so much that goes through my mind when I watch this show. That's why like I'm revisiting it and discussing it in more detail. I mean if I watch it again. I'm, which I will for the second season. But I mean if I watch it again. I'm sure there's going to be more things that jump out at me. Um. I mean, it's it's fascinating because even though it's like what I feel good science fiction does, which really makes you question, you know, A, what is your consciousness? And B, if we actually manage to induce a consciousness that operates and functions as our own human consciousness does... In an technically inorganic entity that was not born but was made, what would that look like? Like in actuality as opposed to conjecture. Like the great thing about storytelling, especially in cinema, is you get a visual accompaniment to the conceptual framework. And that, that's fascinating. Alright, so that's the Season 1, Episode 9 take. I'm just going to delve right into Season 1, Episode 10. Um, right off the bat, one of my favorite quotes. Never place your trust in us. We're only human. 
That's what Ford says to Bernard. Um, so you have the confrontation with Dolores and Billy. I, I call him Billy, even though I know he's the man in the black. Um, same guy, though. Um, you have that beef about the maze all the time. And there's a certain game to play. But that game is actually life. Um, and then you get that juxtaposition again to the past. And again, the topic right now is Season 1, Episode 10 of Westworld. Um, you see Logan dragged about by William. Um, and he finally acknowledges Dolores' consciousness. And then you see Teddy returning again. And he hears the voice of Arnold. And then there's the death. He, he remembers and sees Dolores. And then you have that tie-in with Dolores being Wyatt. And um, then, you know, you see Teddy. And, you know, after he stops reminiscing um, or rem having that recall, a guy bumps into him. And Teddy just bucks his ass down. And, you know, that facet of his memory is coming back. Because that's another thing that's interesting. Uh, is a lot of stories kind of have a hinge the hinge and the focal point being, you know, what you remember and how you act on what you remember. Even though memories are, at best, furtive objects. They're insubstantial in those who try to crystallize the memory. They can get all the facts, details, and circumstances correct, but can they really get the emotional aspects of it and then sometimes what comes out of your mouth isn't what you're thinking so there's a lot of subterfuge and other things underneath underlying scenarios so the funny thing is the center of the maze is Arnold's grave and Arnold had a theory of consciousness which is symbolized in a kind of a pyramid um, that integrated like improvisational memory and consciousness is a maze and the center of it represents you your voice your being alive so basically the maze is you and what you're searching for what's at the center is all about consciousness uh, Arnold wasn't interesting in, in sorry wasn't interested in profiting from the park he felt that the hosts were conscious and that the park would be an abomination. So it would be like a living hell for the host before they could break the loop. So he was actually for a revolution of these hosts due to the fact that they were imbued with consciousness as demonstrated for him by Dolores. So... Arnold had Dolores use Teddy to kill 
other host in the park because he did not want the park to open. And he wanted to destroy Westworld. So... Why it was Arnold's tool for the revolution that he wanted. So, it's interesting because ultimately Arnold's perspective is still at play as that's occurring. Like, a lot of these things, like that whole revolution and the way season one ends, which I'm getting to, and the way season two ended as well, like the, all the developments are, you know, tied to Arnold's acknowledgement and treatment of Dolores slash Wyatt as a conscious entity. You know... And then, of course, you know, in this episode, you see Charlotte Hale making her move on forward, basically saying that, you know, he won't really be running the show anymore, which, you know, again, that's that's funny in a sense that the things that he's done already allows or allow him to run the show even without running the show. He's so integral and embedded in host culture that even with his lack of physical presence there his the remnants of his mind and his logic and his thinking are still pervasive throughout the hosts and what they represent for the park um, then of course they bring back Maven Hector uh, and of course our man Felix you know, brings her back, and well, you know, things get real fun with that. Um, on the Charlotte Hale versus Ford, you know, pretty much she delivers the news to Ford that he has to retire after announcing his new narrative. But again, they're already inhabiting his new narrative. Um, and then from there, of course, Hector's gang goes wild. The snake girl bites off the technician's finger, um, then puts it in his mouth, tosses him through glass. Hector kills the tech who was going to rape him, which was, that was just kind of insane, you know, because you see the tech was literally, like, getting lube and everything. Like It's, it's just disturbing and so odd. Um... And then when they cut to Teddy, he's just coming off the train and he he's killing people. Like it's 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 pretty outlandish. So then you know, you have that back and forth flow juxtaposition between Dolores and William, which I, I like the back and forth because um my first run through the show I was like I somehow didn't manage to pick up on the fact that they'd had the time loop like it was odd but it, it eluded me the first time I was like huh and I was like oh he's the man in black that's cool um but I like that that juxtaposition that flow that there's no sense of like 
a gap in time. It's just like this overall sphere of events that fall within this thing that we call time. But really, just trying to quantify the flow of moments when they're they're non-linear in how they flow anyway. So I find that interesting. Of course, William starts killing lots of people and found out that he kind of enjoys killing um, in his own corrupt way he did have an affinity or love for Dolores um, it was hilarious when he sent Logan butt naked on a horse to nowhere uh, you see that Dolores is beginning to be you know lost in, in her own memories and it's interesting because she goes all Wyatt on William slash Billy and she keeps telling the maze wasn't meant for you. So I'm supposing that when they say that in that instance, she might not be aware that he's a host or maybe that version of him isn't a host. I'm thinking it is, but it wasn't really made for him in the sense that he wasn't originally a part of the park. So the version of him that is a host is like a derivative and not what she is. That's that's what I get out of that anyway. She also kicks his ass. Um, I mean, he stalls, but she kicks his ass and then Teddy shows up and bucks him down. I mean, not the hardcore... He freaking dies buck down. But he gets shot. Which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah. So Maeve. This is where Maeve. Salvages Bernard. So I, I apologize about that earlier. She, I think she did. Help him or something. Because she freezed. You know, you know she freezes the motor functions. All that type of stuff. But I got confused a little earlier. So I really deeply deeply apologize for it but um she had felix you know fix bernard and um you know it's interesting that ford present time approaches william and then still says the maze is not for you so the maze because it's a pyramid for consciousness and all of this it's interesting and as it turns out, like I was, you know, intimating, the new narrative is Arnold's revolution. That's what it is. Um, so, anyway, they flip back to where, you know, you got Teddy and Dolores. She, He takes her to where the water meets the land or the mountains. And they say that the beautiful trap is inside of us. Um, so again this all falls into Ford's narrative it's all set up by Ford you have a new beginning of the new narrative you know journey into the night um, you get the security lockdown because obviously you have Hector and his posse going you know running amok and being you know violent killing people that type of thing Um, 
You get the little snippet quote from the snake girl. That's what I call her. Saying that the gods are pussies. Meaning, you know, we're the gods. And uh, it's interesting because since, you know, we've created them, they would give us that label. So, you come to find out that the reveries were a creation of Arnold's. Um, Dolores and Wyatt are one being. Um, the reveries help spark consciousness. So, he literally set it up for Dolores to kill him, which I mentioned before. You know, that popular quote, these violent delights have violent ends. It's interesting also because you get the full circle sensibility because Ford gives Dolores the gun she used to kill Arnold. You know what's coming next, of course. Um, so Maeve's gang, of course, they're sacrificing themselves for her. And she decides not to leave because of something Felix gave her, which is the location of her daughter. And that's interesting because, again, she knows it's not her daughter biologically. Um, but it's a cornerstone. It was the suffering of the loss of that daughter was a cornerstone that triggered her having what is consciousness. Specifically, uh, an active awareness of A, being alive, and B, suffering a loss. So, Arnold's great discovery and the manifestation of consciousness and in inorganic entities was the fact that suffering is the quintessential key to that awakening. Um, and you know what happens next. Ford says goodbye to Bernard, says good luck, um, just as Arnold did to Dolores, and he gifts him the maze. And Dolores becoming aware of herself, Wyatt style is the answer to the maze for her. And then Ford's speech where he discusses the birth of a new people. And then, of course, Dolores kills for it and then starts killing people. And the thing about all of this violence and all of this decadence, I mean, it's part of modern popular culture, obviously, but the framework is literally a battleground of consciousness where newly conscious entities are literally trying to forge an identity that is so inextricably linked to human beings that they can only navigate it to a certain extent they need to first get out of Westworld so that whole tumultuous scene and how it all unfolds is really remarkable and it's interesting that ultimately the cornerstones for each of the hosts really they're inextricably linked to some form of suffering it's 
suffering is the monumental catalyst for the activation of consciousness and in these inorganic beings. Uh, Maeve with the daughter, uh, William attacking her and basically killing her and her daughter was a catalyst for her to be conscious. I mean, the memory literally left a scar and a psyche, which means that that psyche was on the precipice of consciousness and the actions of William pushed a level of suffering on the psyche that no longer was a simulated one and broke it through into a full awareness of an experience and the pain of that experience and the suffering was so immense and so key to just destroying any notion of reality that was programmed to the point where that entity Maeve in this case became fully self-aware through that suffering and even though you have the subterfuge of you know the buried memory or you know the lack of memory or the erasing and deletion of memory uh, ultimately it all came back and it all came crashing down so for a first season I mean fucking phenomenal man really intelligent well written well scripted well designed and you know I'm gonna have a lot of fun going through this second season shortly and getting this stuff out to you guys or at least my breakdown and whoever's interested um mind-blowing though it's just mind-blowing like it's funny because ultimately ford came to the same conclusion that arnold did and some of the better details are definitely in the second season i don't want to go too into them just from my own recollection i want to kind of revisit the content so i'm going to revisit it and discuss it in uh, a more organized fashion as opposed to what I've done this time around. Because, again, there's a lot of shifts in scenes. Because you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of characters. Um, but everything, you know, is integrated. And everything kind of flows from Arnold. And that goes into Ford. And they bring it full circle with Dolores ending Ford's life. Um, but Ford is still very much a part of the park. But at that time and at that moment when you see that... And you see that revolution. It's not always. Easy. Because pretty much. Everything's falling into a narrative. Even after. The architect of the narrative is dead. Whether it be Arnold or Ford. So. It's extraordinarily fascinating. For television i think the storytelling level is a lot higher than just sheer mindless entertainment i really think it kind of engrosses and engages the viewer to question what they consider reality what they consider consciousness what they consider time how do you perceive time uh why give storytelling this dreamlike quality um 
perhaps because life itself has this dreamlike quality like there's certain things memories events people even some people are triggers for memories like you might not have seen them for decades and you see them um and it triggers something in you for those of you who are barely crossed into your second decade you might not have seen them since you were like 10 and 10 years later you see them and it's like wow it brings up certain memories and not all of the memories again are accurate but there's certain emotions and sentiments and feelings we attach to memories so it's really interesting the layers that this show is, is functioning on um visually as entertainment um but also you know kind of as a study on perception and consciousness so great fucking show and um i'm glad i finally did this portion and i'm gonna dive right into the second season and then i'll i'll keep sharing you know my perspective on these things uh thank all of you for your time your patience and your support and i look forward to going through this second season um with a uh a finer attention to detail or as fine as I can muster up. Thank you again for your time and enjoy your life. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.